You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I am Martina Cunha, and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Hello, everyone. This is a very special episode here at Backstage Talk because I have Telly Leung and Joey Monda with me today. After being admitted to Carnegie Mellon University School of Drama, where he received most of his formal training in acting, singing, and dance, Telly made his Broadway debut in the revival of Flower Drum Song. He also originated the role of Bach in the Chicago Company of Wicked. He was also in the final Company of Rent. And other shows include Godspell, the Broadway development of Allegiance. And in 2017, he began his star run as Aladdin on Broadway. Joey is a producer in Town, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Inheritance, Slave Play, The New One, and The Chair Show, among others. And in 2016, Joey co-founded Daily Monda Management, a full-service production and management office to bring fresh and innovative approaches to theatrical business management. Joey, Telly, I am thrilled and fanboying a lot to have you here so welcome to backstage talk <laughs> thanks for having us here martine it's an honor to be here thanks we're thrilled to spend the morning with you this is great yes so um i just shared like a very big broad overview of your journey on broadway but let's double click on what you both think were those big moments of you in the industry so i'll let you take it from here well, I, you know, Joey and I, uh, we, <laughs> the big moment for us was actually meeting on Allegiance on Broadway. So, you know, that show was, it was quite a journey for that show to make it to Broadway. I, I think there were many people who thought a musical about the Japanese American internment, that'll never happen. And somehow in the course of developing the show, I was with the show for six years before it got to Broadway from, from the very first reading to workshops to taking the show out of town to San Diego to, to its premiere on Broadway at the Long Acre Theater. And I um, and it was a very tight-knit little family that was creating this musical from scratch. You know, it was inspired by the life of George Takei, but it wasn't uh, based on a movie. It wasn't based on a previous work. It was a fully original musical. And so um, Joey and I, we were in the trenches together developing that show and taking it all the way to Broadway. So He's part of my Allegiance family. So I consider that a big highlight because it brought together this collaboration. Yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's exactly right, Telly, that, that Allegiance was the start of a lot of uh, exciting opportunities and exciting uh, ideas that really have taken shape from then. And Telly has become one of my closest collaborators, not just on this project, but on a number of other projects that we've got going on. And I think, uh, you know, it's really in line, this ensemble, the documentary is in line with a lot of the ideas that you know, I really want to foster within the theater that we like to see, which is, you know, raising raising up unheard, unrecognized, or underheard from voice, voices. And that was really the big impetus for us to jump on board with this documentary was, uh, it was a subset of the Broadway community that is really one of the backbones. 
and never frequently is the one, you know, they're not the ones in front of the microphone so much because they're not always on the principal contracts and they're not getting the big press and everything. But there was an entire uh, community of dancers and performers that over the, you know, the year that be between the sh initial shutdown and when we all gathered at Open Jar Studios on the one year anniversary, uh, they hadn't had a chance to tell their story and they hadn't had a chance to be together. And so just like the uh, a family that was fostered in Allegiance, that was something that we really were looking to replicate and bring together within this documentary. I love it because um, this is the perfect segue into our big topic today. And it is this documentary that you two are part of as the executive producers, uh, because it's, it, it has an amazing director. It has an, a big, big names besides yours uh, in the production team. So this documentary is called Ensemble, and it tells the stories of some Broadway performers during the shutdown. And I just have to ask, where did this idea came from? Well, the idea actually isn't from us. It's from another member of our Allegiance family, whose name is Aaron Albano. He was in the ensemble, and he was actually the understudy for Sammy, the role that I played in Allegiance. Uh, but I've also known Aaron for a very long time. The first time I met Aaron was the summer of 2000. He was still a college student. I was, um, or oh, maybe it was 2003. It was the summer of 2003. Uh, he was still a college student. He was in the ensemble of a production of Miss Saigon at the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. I was playing Tui in Miss Saigon. And that was when I was first aware of this phenomenal Broadway talent who has then gone on to Bombay Dreams and Spelling Bee and Wicked and Mary Poppins. I mean, so many shows and currently is on tour on Hamilton. So when you think of somebody who's an ensemblist, who has gone from Broadway show to Broadway show, who's been in this business for a long time, who knows it well from that point of view, it's Aaron. He and his friend, Mo Brady, who had the uh, ensemblist podcast mm -hmm. for, for many, many years, which celebrated the ensembles, ensemble members all across Broadway. They came up with this idea that uh, the ensemblist experience during the COVID shutdown was very unique, that there are many stories that we need to hear from them. And so it was their idea to gather these 13 dancers together for a dance class and then to gather them for a socially distant conversation. You have to remember, this conversation took place in March of 2021. So mm -hmm. at that time, there was no Broadway is back date. There, there were no vaccines readily available for people our age. You know, I think my parents in their 70s were vaccinated. But um, we, it was really their idea to bring these people together, a diverse, multi-generational group of ensemble members together to talk about sort of what made them become ensemble members in the past, what they are dealing with in the present and the uncertainty of that present and how they sort of what they want to see for the future. I love it. Do you have something to add, Joey? No, Tally covered it all. It's like <laughs> it's like we wrote the blurb together. <laughs> I I want to read an expert I I took from the trailer because I got chills when I saw it and I had to see it several times to let it sink in. So it says, on March 12, 2020, Broadway experienced a complete shutdown due to the coronavirus outbreak. One year later, 13 Broadway ensemble members came together to have a conversation about the past, the present, and the future. These are their stories, their experiences, their lives. 
this is ensemble. I got chills when I saw that in the trailer. And I just have to ask, what were the biggest challenges from producing this documentary besides all the COVID craziness? Yeah, um, it was very interesting because, you know, so we, like Kelly said, we filmed this on the one year anniversary of the, of the shutdown. So in March of 21, uh, and we've really been working on it since then. And as we all know, COVID is a constantly changing situation for all of us. And so one week is totally different than what the next week looks like. And so it's been really interesting for us to go back and revisit these interviews and what this entire narrative and the story that we're trying to tell uh, is like when they're really, you know, as of July, when we did the first draft of the cut, you know, there was no this particular definitive comeback date for Broadway. So there was kind of that open-ended nature of it. And then we did our next cut when Broadway was back. Uh, and then we did the next cut and Omicron had ravaged so many Broadway shows and everything. And so I think what's been a really unique challenge is that the thing that we set out to do was to create a time capsule for this moment in time. What did March of 21 really represent to this community? And uh, the challenge has been that how we look at it in reference to what everything that just constantly is happening. And so, you know, Cameron Adams is in our documentary and she was in, she's in Mrs. Doubtfire. And, you know, then in, in January, all of a sudden she was in a show and she's no longer in a show. And then as of yesterday, the show is coming back. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's this constantly changing situation. And we really wanted to uh, figure out how to capture that essence of, unknown and uh, uncertainty that all of these dancers were facing in that moment. And it just continues to kind of come up as we try to figure out how to release it. And what is, what is this moment for us all to view this right now? I, I think what Joey is speaking to is that we were trying to capture a moment, this time capsule, because Joey and I were very aware when Aaron came to us with this idea, we, we felt a deep sort of like urgency and need to capture the moment because we knew that once vaccines came, once there was a Broadway return date, it was going to be very easy for us to forget sort of the, what we were feeling in that moment. And, you know, it was a moment of uncertainty. It was a moment of great loss. It was a moment of grieving. But I also think that there are lessons to be learned in that time when we are that vulnerable. And w when Aaron asked us to help him with it, Joey and I were like, gosh, we are not sure if people are going to want to hear about COVID a year later, but it is going to be really important for that theater kid who is studying theater five years from now, 10 years from now, to know our experience and learn from it and hopefully make this industry a little better, a little kinder, whatever that is, but to, but to learn from it. We have to capture this moment. The trick with capturing this moment is we're still in the moment. Exactly. We're, yeah. still, <laughs> we're still in this pandemic. We are still in the uncertainty. We are still in this ever- influx situation so to try to capture something while it's still happening is um i think has been tricky but also a fun challenge yeah yeah i can't imagine been, it, it's been a great challenge and i think it just also speaks to that that feeling of constant uncertainty and that feeling of never uh, that ensemble members are have felt and are always feeling of never really being on solid ground and uh what is that like when you have this long-running show and uh no, that show and that industry, your industry is no longer there for you. Um, but I think one of the other, like Telly said, one of the other really beautiful things that came out of this 
shutdown and uh, I think we're all experiencing it in different ways is this hope and optimism for the future and the change that we all want to be a part of and that we all want to bring to our, our, our arts and our business um, and how we can all, we all have a voice and a role to play in that change. I absolutely love it because if, if I think one of the good things the pandemic gave us was a little bit of time to just stop and be like, this is what it's wrong. And this is what it needs to change immediately in a short term, a midterm and a long term perspective. And I think that documentaries like this and works like this with people that are always in the back in the backstage, always a little bit unheard of, brings to light a lot of issues that this industry needs to correct before we move on. So in that order of ideas, what do you think are the biggest lessons learned from sharing the stories of this great group of performers? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I took away from that night, it was, you know, I, I was in the room. Uh, Telly was away on a gig, so he wasn't able to be with us that night. But I was in the room uh, with these amazing performers that have all that are all at various levels of their career. But it was really interesting as a producer to be in this room of performers and uh, be given the opportunity to really hear uh, an uncensored perspective of everything that they've felt, are feeling. And, you know, it was very interesting for me to have to reconcile that with my own perception and worldview of the business and what I thought uh, the issues or what I thought some of the things that they were experiencing were. And it was really interesting to hear this completely unguarded testimony from their perspective. And so I think one of the things that I took away and I hope that people take away from our uh, this extended conversation that we're inviting everybody to be a part of is that there's a humanity to every single person in every single role in our business. Everybody from the musicians to our crew to the people that are doing eight times a week and covering multiple roles and everything. And just because the business model has run in this way for so long doesn't mean that it necessarily should always run in that way. And that there are there is a space to these issues. There's a space to the people that are actually in the theater operating it, you know, that are doing the show and putting up the show. And again, that's something that I think we all know intellectually, but then to hear the voice and to hear kind of the, the heart leading uh, in that conversation was really uh, exciting and uh, really eye-opening for me as a producer, because this is, you know, I'm somebody that does have and, and, you know, I, my operations are on the business end or in, are, not, are not necessarily in the theater eight times a week and everything. So I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is that we can remember that there's a humanity and that there are people attached to every single decision and every single element of putting on a show uh, and making this thing happen and operate on the colossal scale that we have to ha operate in order for this business to work. You know, I'm somebody who straddles, who wears two hats often. So I sometimes will wear a producer hat, um, which is a hat I wear less often. So I, I am thankful that I have Joey every day <laughs> to help me um, learn what that hat is all about. Um, but I often will wear an actor hat. And I think that the actor side of me for many years, or especially early in my career, 
was very afraid of this relationship between art and commerce, right? That like as artists, sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't want to know how where the money goes. I don't want to know like how much the show costs. It's my job to just focus on the art of it, right? It's just my job to work, focus on my character, on the singing, on the dancing, on the craft of it, right? Well, then I think with our entire industry shutting down, people that have had very successful careers just focusing on the art of it, right? As they get further and further into show business, they realize it is a business. It is, it is you, are, you are marketing and you are selling that thing that makes you an artist. And I think when, when the shutdown happened, I think everybody sort of had to reconcile, okay, what, what part of me is, what part of me does lead with my heart which is the artist part, and what part of me leads with my brain and is sort of the numbers part, uh, you know, and I think that microcosm of what happened to our industry of artists who didn't like numbers or didn't like how the business worked, having to reconcile with that, and also producers having on the other side who deal with numbers all day long, having to reconcile with what do actors go through as human beings. I think there's a, a, a little bit of a meeting there that happens. It's a microcosm of what's happening to our society. Think about how often we yeah. We now, after two years of this pandemic, have heard the COVID numbers, right? And in the beginning, those COVID numbers are like staggering. If you really take a minute to go, each one of those people, each one of those numbers we see flash across CNN is a human being yeah. with a family, is a life, has like all has a community of people that are grieving that loss. It is it's daunting, you know. And and so I I think it's in some ways ensemble is sort of the conversations being had in ensemble are conversations we're all having, whether or not you're in the industry or not. And, um, and I think one of the ways, one of the things I've definitely learned is that we have to be transparent with sort of, you know, producers have to be transparent with how they do business. And I'm very proud that on many projects that Joey and I are doing that we can, we are doing that. We are part of the conversation of going, this, this is how the business is run. This is how much money goes into the project. This is what we're, you know, being trans sort of transparent with that, with all the people involved. And I, and I, and I think it's also good for actors to be transparent with what they are going through and what they need as well. Absolutely. I, I, I really, really, really love it that, I mean, accountability and transparency are two things that we really need in this industry right now. And it may be from the most simple topic all the way through the big, big issues that we are going through. So, and this this is the perfect way to go into what our industry needs to change now that we are coming back, now that Broadway is reopened, and that every single day things are getting better. Oh, and knock on wood on that. <laughs> that <laughs> shows are reopening, coming back. So what would be three key things that need that needs to change in our industry and how can we grow forward to making it better? I think Kelly just spoke to one of them, which is the importance and the need, the necessity of transparency. Um, everybody that makes theater needs to be more transparent with the challenges of doing our job, the challenges uh, that we're facing. That's, uh, that is a huge element of uh, and again, it's to Telly's point, it's a microcosm of that the entire world is going through. I think, you know, the this haves versus have nots and there's cynicism around 
performers and producers and that's all the, the stem of that is a lack of transparency um, and a lack of understanding uh, both sides of that. And so I think a huge step forward that everybody needs to make as an element is becoming more transparent and becoming more uh, more conversationalist with their the issues and the things that they want to address and understanding that there's give and take to that. Um, I also think from my perspective, as we look at major reform in different ways, uh, understanding that our business is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And there are certainly things that we all desire to burn it down to the ground. We certainly desire this to not be the case. And I think, again, this is, you know, a conversation that happens in the room is uh, there's there are people and there's the, the belief of burn it all down versus the reform from within. And I think one of the important things that we can all do is think structurally about and pragmatically about how do we really uh, pull apart these systems and re interrogate them and evaluate them and put them back together. And it's none of us, what we're trying to do is gonna be a fast solution. Broadway's been around for more than a hundred years. Hopefully it's gonna be around for more than a hundred years more. So how do we start implementing systemic change to really build a solid foundation on so that we are looking forward to the next hundred years rather than back at where we've come. That, there's Tell a quick quote in our trailer too. Um, and I think it's Corey who says it, who says Broadway can't come back. We have to come forward. And I think that that's right. I think that, you know, for so many, for so many people there are, and, and I think it's on, it's on sort of both sides of the conversation, producers and folks that are in the ensemble. Um, uh, that that we there is a, a the success of Broadway in 2019 before the shutdown. I think we all yearn. Uh, there's a part of us that yearns for that. That yearns for that time pre-COVID when we didn't have to deal with any of this. Well, guess what? COVID has completely changed how how our industry and our world operates. So the sooner we sort of say to ourselves that will never be again because our world is completely changed, the quicker we can sort of I think dismantle those things that Joey is talking about, asking the really hard questions of what worked for us in 2019 and what really didn't work? What do we, what did we not like about how our industry operated? What did, what, what do we have the wonderful opportunity now to change? And I also will echo what Joey said, which is that of course we want that change to happen and we have goals for that change to happen, but there's no way for that change to happen if we don't bring everybody along. Right. There's no way for that change to happen if we don't convince every person in our community that this change is right. And that change is just going to take a little time. Yeah, I I am super excited for this documentary to see this documentary to share way more about this. So since I'm from Colombia, I even though my, part of my audience is in the States, I have people back home and in other Latin American countries that tune into this podcast. What can we do internationally to support this cause, to unite and move this whole industry forward? Honestly, I, to me, I think the, the value of ensemble, the value of, all, of really, you know, all theater artists is that we are storytellers and that we um, we are actively telling stories, but I also think it's important to actively listen to stories. So because it broadens sort of our, our own perspective and our own, our, our own way of 
being better human beings. You know, and I think that's why that's why theater will live forever and ever and ever because since the beginning of time, we've gathered together to hear stories. And then we hope that after we've heard that story, we leave that gathering and we are better citizens of the world, better human beings, that we treat each other a little better. So really, honestly, for all my listeners who are not in the States, who might not be you know, in close proximity to Broadway, it's my hope that you simply listen to the stories and take them in um and and also understand that it, this is a very these are very specific stories to ensemble members on broadway but that those stories are universal that we've all gone through a, a, a sort of an insane <laughs> unprecedented time and i know that word gets used a lot but um but that and it's also my hope that people listen to these stories and feel a little less alone in what they're dealing with whether you're a broadway performer or not yeah, I think the other uh, unique thing that all listeners, regardless of uh, point of origin, are going to hear in this is uh, the pandemic has caused all of us storytellers to think about how to tell these stories in many ways. So in the same way that Telly is sitting here as a performer and a producer, um, everybody in that room is coming and telling stories in multiple ways, whether it's dancing and performing. Aaron is also, Aaron and Mo are also performers and uh, producers on this, and Pierre, our director, who, uh, Pierre Marai, is a performer in Aladdin, and he's also directed and edited and did all of this together. And so I think it's uh, also encouraging people to tell their stories in as many different ways as possible, because that's how uh, stories get heard. You have to tell them as, as to as wide of an audience as you can. And so I encourage people to expand what they believe their initial art to be and think about it in different ways, in different ways to hear and tell those same stories. I love it. So Ensemble will be available March 11th on Broadway On Demand. And that's where people can find it. I know that you have social media channels. If people want to tune in, know more about the, the documentary, where can they find you, find the, the film, their socials? I'll leave you to it. Uh, my social is just my name. It's super easy. It's at Telly Leung, at T-E-L-L-Y-L-E-U-N-G. And for Ensemble, uh, you can follow at Ensemble Film Official on Instagram. Awesome. And you, Joey? Uh, I'm at Joey Monda NYC on Twitter and Instagram. Admittedly, I'm not the best at posting, but... Uh, Here's the New Year's resolutions for 22 and getting better at it. <laughs> but yeah, definitely follow Ensemble and then all of our Ensemblists um, and participants in the film as well, which you can find all linked through our through your Ensemble's uh, Instagram. Awesome. And before we wrap up, I have a surprise question I always ask my guests. And which would be your top five favorite musical theater shows? Oh my gosh, this is the Sophie's Choice Meryl Streep of of moments. Jeez, hard, really difficult. Joey, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, this is actually, I, I, we, like everybody, we've all spent a lot of time trying to do this. And while I understand this is a podcast, I have a representation behind me to constantly <laughs> remind me of them. Um, but mine are Sweeney, Sunday, Gypsy, Funny Girl, uh, and I'm missing one. Who am I missing? Oh, in Follies. So a whole bunch of Sondheim in there, but different different elements of it. 
And that was a no-brainer for you. <laughs> I told you, I've spent, let, we're all theater kids. We've all spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um, I, I, I'm, I am like the pandemic in that I am ever-evolving. So my list is ever-evolving. This is not in any particular order. These are just my top five for today. But I would say they are Gypsy, uh, Sunday in the Park with George, Rent. Um, I'm going to put Allegiance on there. Uh, only because I, I I sort of know it f- from many angles of it, right? <laughs> uh, and um, oh gosh, the fifth is so. Gosh, this is really like Sophie's choice, isn't it? Um, I'm going to say West Side Story. I love it. Kelly. I didn't know we shared two. We yeah, have we two do. in there. We do. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Telly, Joey, thank you so much for coming on Backstage Talk. I am super excited about the work that you are both doing on this documentary. Thank you for amplifying and shedding light to people in the backstage, not under the spotlight. That is also one of the purposes of Backstage Talk. So thank you so much for being here. It's been an honor, and I really cannot wait to see this film. Thanks for having us, Martine. Thanks for be- having us here, Martine. It's been great to uh, meet you as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.